real news. Honest and fun political talk weekly on the line 90.7 FM. Yeah, we'll start off with the impeachment hearings that have been going on over the past few days. I'm not going to lie. I, I have not followed this that much. I don't think most Americans have either. I don't think most people no. care. No. But I they're either. Yeah, see, exactly. I think following a little kid's temper tantrum at like Chuck E. Cheese, you know, <laughs> it's just crying and screaming, and all they're going to do is get like kicked out of the restaurant. Yeah. You know, but, you know it's not Trump that's going to be kicked out, it's going to be the people throwing the temper tantrum. Well, I think there was only one part that stood out to me that kind of just shut this whole thing down pretty much and showed that this is a, just a witch hunt, as Trump says is when Representative Chris Stewart uh, asked the U.S. Ambassador to Ukraine, Marie uh, Yovankovitch, I think that's how you say her name, uh, he asked her, like, two questions, and in 30 seconds, he got, like, everybody's been wasting hours to try and get answers, and he got it in just 30 seconds. He asked her, do you have any information regarding uh, presidents accepting, you know, bribes? And she says no. Do you have any evidence of any criminal activity from the president? No. <laughs> I, 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 that's it. It's done. It should be, but it's not going to be. But to me, that's it. That, that, that's all you need right there. Well, I mean, that, well, ev- pretty much everyone so far, all of, the, all of the witnesses they have, and I think from what I can see, all of the witnesses that they're going to have look like, None of them are going to have firsthand knowledge of really anything. Like we're talking, maybe not even secondhand. Like I'm maybe secondhand. I heard heard from a friend who heard it from a friend who sounds like thirdhand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's this whole. Thing. Well, it sounds like an Ario Speedwagon song. Like, <laughs> well, you know what's funny too is that they were all going out saying that. Oh, you know, these are going to be our star witnesses. They're going to get Trump. They came up with nothing, pretty much. And then you had the president of Ukraine say there was no quid pro quo. But now the Democrats are changing the terminology. You know, you got to look at the language. because I think that's honestly the only thing that's kind of interesting. They're not calling it a quid pro quo anymore. They're calling it bribery. They're changing the terms. That's what the Democrats and leftists, they love to do that. They'll change the language of something around the last minute. It's like... Oh, you know, so, um, well, what was it? Uh, you can't be like, oh, you know, the, you can't be racist if you're, you know, black or something. Well, you know, yeah, you can. But, oh, well, we changed the definition of racism to be, you know, power plus privilege. Yeah. They'll do stuff like that all the time. They'll be like, oh, no one's normal. And like I had a psycho- or sociology professor at Penn State. She was a complete whack job. <laughs> Not at main campus. She was at one of the other ones. Like she went off and like... You know, I basically tried to explain to her what normal meant. She's like, "Oh, that's not what we mean in psychology. Normal doesn't exist." I was like, "Well, then what's why do you even why do you even call it normal if it doesn't exist?" Sociology is a piece of crap. Let me tell you, there's some. Did I not call? Did I not say it? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I don't want to steal your thunder on this one, Phil. Look, you you should listen to me from the start. (laughs) No, I'll tell. Like, look, and I said it from the start. Okay, basic. Basic terminology when it was originally when it originally came out, right, was actually very you know helpful. It's educational, right? Something to learn about. Anything beyond that, though, the this mo- the all the all the modern stuff that we're learning here from sociology, it's just it's nothing. It's yeah. really nothing. 
Well, and I'll say two things. Number one, a good example of a term that we, I've gotten into arguments with recently is the term conservatism. You know, we, we'll talk about the Groypers and Charlie Kirk, but, the, the, you know, I feel like the right kind, the new right changed the meaning of conservatism, and then now the Groypers are trying to change it back. And you keep having people argue if you're a conservative or not, and it's kind of silly at the end of the day because, yeah. I mean... I don't think the label, I mean, it does mean something, but at the same time, it's just a stupid label. And it's it's hard to say, like, because if you disagree with one thing with conservatives, oh, you're not conservative now. I would say it's only the fundamentals, which, you know, then we're going to have disagreements about that. But I feel like that's something you can at least hammer down on and find uh, something everyone can agree on. But also sociology, I was in, I, I know, Phil, you saw a little bit of this. I was in Sam Richards' class. And we had a thing where, and I thought it was a good idea. I thought it was a very good idea where he talked about a couple important relevant news stories, DACA and the Trump impeachment thing, and he gave sort of a TLDR on it. He explained it. He showed, you know, gave some background on it, explained where both sides kind of align on it or why there's controversy on these issues. I thought it was a great idea, and he did a decent job. I think it was pretty fair. But there was one moment. Because we, he brought three volunteers up on table, and we had these like cards: a green one, a yellow one, and a red one. The green one's like, "Yep, you're good, keep going." The yellow one's like, eh, "Okay, I get the point. Come on, move along." Or you know, oh, maybe there's a question there, and the red one's like, "Stop, I got a question. Got you know, stop right there." And I thought he did pretty good. Till one point, he called Stephen Miller a racist. He said Stephen Miller has racist bones in his body. It was some long lines that I whipped that red card up. I was like, "No, no, 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 no. You're gonna have to back that up." That's that's a clear opinion. That's something that's way more skewed to the left. Like let's let's pull it in from there. And he then said he's like, ah, oh, yeah, I shouldn't have said that. It was thoughtless. Uh, I don't like the guy, but you know, I shouldn't be using the R word. And then he gave me a high five. Which look, I think it's good that he acknowledged he shouldn't have said that. But I listened to his podcast online. And his assistant said that, yes, C. Miller is racist because of these Breitbart emails. But then his assistant said he hasn't even read the email. So I'm like, okay. And it's, yeah. that was dug up by the SPLC. So we all know how, you know, they have just a stellar reputation. Yeah, they're they're not very good. They're not very good at all. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, I saw it and I was like, okay. Um you got you did you got a little uh, Twitter hate for that one, like oh, defending Steve Miller. How defend, dare I? Uh, yeah, and I, and I'm like, well, no, you. It's like, how do you how do you know he's how do you know he's racist? Okay, so they give the Breitbart emails, so they have the 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 news articles. They brought the news articles, so I read, so I actually read them, and they gave examples that weren't really racist like he defended uh so he defended uh or he didn't defend uh the removal of the u.s flag like he had a problem with the removal of the confederate flag after charlottesville or something like that i think yeah. there was some, there's something something along those lines i'm like no well i mean there's some people that see it as a racist emblem but then there's some people that see it as you know southern you know other something it doesn't necessarily equal one doesn't necessarily equal the other and and i and they're 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 giving these loose 
excuses or reasons as to why they think that he's right. Like, like, look, that's not going to cut it. If you, especially when you've, you never met the guy, you never, you know, you, you don't know him personally. You really haven't heard anything that he said to be racist, like anything that came out of his mouth and he didn't read the emails. So why are you calling him a racist? Exactly. And that's all I said was I stopped him. I said, can you, prov- you, you said this, correct? And he's like, yeah. I said, well, can you provide some context why you're saying that? Because I'm not there. I wasn't there to defend Steve Miller or to trash him. I was just saying, if you're going to throw an opinion like that in there or a, a big name, like a big, uh, uh, you know, uh, oh, what would you call it? Like a big, like sort of blanket statement, like somebody's a racist. Well, you got to back that up. It's like not just an accusation; it's a career. It's a potentially career-ending accusation. It's like saying that someone is a rapist, or you know, maybe not quite along those same lines, but it's, it gets up there. Like someone's a sexual, like he's a sexual assaulter. You know, he's a pedophile. He is pedophile. That's basically the same sort of thing when you call someone a racist. Like it means so much today. Like if you're a racist, like you know, it's a lot more difficult for you to go and find a job. People will mm-hmm. go and like actively try to harm you it puts a bounty on your head if you're like really yeah. racist. it's a good way to put it. it does put a bounty on your head yeah and i i i don't like i read some of those emails actually in his class on tuesday when i was sitting there kind of like yeah yeah this is going on and i was like reading it because i was reading in my previous class and given the splc and how they frame this the one thing like see they make some big stretches here for example they're like I think he was at Duke. I forget where he went to college. And they said, oh, he was in the same conservative club as Richard Spencer. And I look at that. I'm like, that doesn't mean anything. You know, they then go on to say that he hosted a debate with Richard Spencer and they worked together to make a debate happen. I don't oh, even... Well, they're not talking. They're not yelling at CNN for having him as a contributor. Yeah. Yeah, as we talked about last week. And I think... What's really they don't talk about there is that was Richard Spencer an openly white nationalist at the time? Because, look, I know people that come to various political club meetings here that are considered by some to be alt-right or far-right or white nationalists, some of which may be true, some of which may not be true. But they just show up to your meetings like, what are you going to do? You can't stop them. It's a public you know, meeting in a public building on a public university. You're not going to say, oh, gee, we can't have you here because I don't want to associate with you just sitting in my meeting or sitting at my event. You know, it's ridiculous. Like, it's just so stupid. It's guilt by association and the barely right. any association. Yeah. So if, if, if hanging out, so if knowing Richard Spencer or working with him kind of makes you a racist then by logic wouldn't jake tapper be a racist by that same definition right because they did work together indirectly at cnn right yeah i'm assuming it's okay when cnn does it of course they're liberals and they can do whatever they want yeah, and that was like one of the things I noticed in this. It was just stupid. Like they mentioned, like some books he read that were supposed to be racist. And look, I so you're not allowed. Wait, wait, wait. Hold up. So yeah. you're not allowed to go and read books that are racist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, so what's what's next? Oh, you have to go and burn books that are racist. Then we're gonna have book burnings back. Thank you, uh, you know, lefties over there. Thank you, Mister. We're gonna have a 
we're gonna have a Fahrenheit 451 on our hands. Yeah, like, literally. Uh, yeah, I, this I, is the people that our college tuition and our taxpayer money is going to fund. By the way, I, I bet if I, you know, if I read Mein Kampf just to see what's in it, just to see how bad it is, and to maybe learn from all the crazy crap that happened because of that book, I'd be slammed as a racist. Then I'd be a Nazi just because I read the book. Even though I don't well, endorse anything in it. You read To Kill a Mockingbird and they said the N-word in that. Mm. You're racist. racist. <laughs> You're racist. Yeah. Well, I, I think guess. I think the other thing, too, is that I, I, I could understand where somebody could see, you know, it doesn't see the whole context of the picture if they see... This guy reads, you know, Mein Kampf. This guy hangs out with Richard Spencer, does this, does that. I could see where if you didn't know the context, if you didn't understand the full picture, you'd be like, oh, that looks a bit sketchy. But the thing is, when you look at the bigger picture, when you see all the details, all the facts, then, you know, Stephen Miller is just a guy that's tough on immigration that has, you know, maybe views you disagree with, but he's not a racist to my knowledge. There are some people, believe me, I know them that do hide some of their crazy views. But there's a big difference between those people and Stephen Miller. Those people are way... How could I describe it? They're way more um, sometimes open about it, if you know what I mean. Like, as much as they hide it, there are these big things that come out that are quite obviously like, ooh, that's, that's, a, bit, uh, that's a bit, you know, weird. Yeah, he the um, Richard Spencer has clips on YouTube, expl- like like with his crazy explanations as to why he thinks that his race is superior to others. Okay, Stephen Miller is nowhere, nowhere in that ballpark, nowhere, right? And 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 like to to think that like. And to to assume that like and yeah you're right context matters like if you if you read it if you read anything that shouldn't like make you a racist or bigot yeah. or whatever like now if you said oh I read if you said oh I read Mein Kampf and you know what that that Hitler guy he has a point then maybe okay then maybe okay but they but not even that like I I just I just. Like and they're they're connected. They're trying to connect dots that aren't there. Yeah, like it's it's a really bad connect the dots game. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, I've known genuinely like like we have a character in mind that's like genuinely racist, but he's a bit open enough about that. You would go, yeah, you're a racist, buddy. And there are other people that you're like, eh, I I don't know hundred percent for certain, but there's a lot more to this. You know, there's not like. With Stephen Miller, where there's either some gray area or there's some other context that proves otherwise, it's there. It's something that's hard to explain to some of these people, but it's one of those things. Like if you, it's kind of like porn. You know it when you see it. Want to say it on the radio? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> Yolo. It's out there, gentlemen. Yeah, I think we. I think it's okay. Yeah, it's, it's fine. It's fine. Mm-hmm. We said worse things. Um, <laughs> nobody starts scrubbing you through the archives. Oh, now, now. <laughs> As they want to talk about racists. <laughs> I did nothing wrong. Hashtag Sean did nothing wrong. Um, oh, God. Speaking of doing nothing wrong. Segway. <laughs> yeah, that was perfect. Roger Stone uh, has been 
found guilty unanimously by everyone in the jury on seven counts of lying, witness tampering, among many other uh, trivial crimes, in my opinion. And he's obviously a big surrogate of Trump, big advisor, big helper, helped him. He literally was pushing for Trump to run since the 80s. This guy also helped with the Nixon campaign, a bunch of our campaigns, the Reagan campaign, I think. He's a very powerful, influential, active political figure that's extremely effective and is willing to put lots of skin and blood on the line for what he does. If you like him or not, you got to admit, he puts his skin like truly in the game. And now he's facing up to 50 years in prison for like getting a few questions wrong in some interviews and lying to Congress, a few other things. Some would say to protect Trump from this crazy impeachment stuff or this crazy Russian investigation. That's what some would say. So because of that, and given that context, since he's been a long, loyal supporter, these are somewhat trivial crimes with huge sentences. Like life, sorry, death sentences in prison. You know, because this guy, he's old. So if he gets 40 years, 50 years, he's going to die in prison. And, you know, there have been other people like Comey, Clapper, Brennan, all these other people that have done a lot of bad things. They've broken a lot of laws, as some on the right would say. And have they faced this punishment? No. Have they gotten 50 years in prison? No. So I think Trump's going to pardon him. It's only a matter of when. Is he going to do it now? Or are there other factors at play where he can't do it now and has to wait till he gets a second term or wait till the end of his presidency, which I think would be a bit too long. But we shall see. Yeah, it's a shame what happened to him. I hope that Trump does it as soon as possible, but I understand the politics of it. Yeah. You That's know, what I like, would say. Yeah, because, like, leftists, they do bad stuff all the time. Like, just, just like, look at how many Antifa people were, like, punching people in the face, setting stuff on fire. They caught a bunch of these people, and you know what happens? And even at Penn State, too. Not Antifa, but they caught someone tearing up Trump signs, and, they, and the yeah. judge just let them out. They, they, let them, they let them off. Yeah. Look at the Proud and, Boys. The Proud Boys... Uh, multiple Proud Boys have, are, have felony charges on them for defending themselves. And they're going to jail. Meanwhile, Antifa, who starts all these fights, is still roaming in the streets freely. Well, the, well, the problem is with the, like, with the Proud Boys, uh, they were charged in New York. Yeah. I think they were, that, that's a New York charge. That's a state charge, so I don't think Donald Trump can touch that because you can't. Uh if it goes you up well you can't if it was federal if they were charged in a federal court then he can you can't mm -hmm. touch that with yeah because because i think we i think we had this talk a while back with the making a murderer thing like well why doesn't they pardon him but it's up to the state um but but with with roger stone he was in dc that was federal charges so yeah. i think they're gonna that they're, they're gonna he can do that it's just when uh and then and then um I, I think um, what happened, um, I want to say it was either today or yesterday, uh, Donald Trump, he pardoned two military off military soldiers and then restored one Navy SEALs rank back uh, wow. for some, yeah, for some, you know, 
I think two of them were were charged with murder, or one of them, at least one of them, was charged with murder, and then the the other one was, you know, he took a picture of a dead ISIS or whatever. Um, so he parted uh, all three of them. Uh, two of them he granted two of them clemency, and then the other one lost rank. Uh, he Trump gave the rank back to the Navy SEAL. So, you know, that was good. I think. I think part of me a little a, a, part of me thinks he's doing this as a gauge to see what uh how the reaction is and then to, based on that i think that might determine hmm. the timing of the roger stone yeah part of, right and i think I he'll know. yeah I think there's a difference though between like like someone in the military and you know someone like Roger Stone like yeah. military people you see they did they they are kind of wronged by the current by the you know military justice system mm-hmm. but people are probably gonna be like oh that's good they're, or they're not really gonna care either way like very yeah. few people are passionate about that but then mm-hmm. something like Roger Stone where it's inherently political mm-hmm. you know, you're, there's gonna be you know it's, it's a big deal people are gonna have opinions and it. It might hurt his chances in 2020, but I doubt it mm. because the people who aren't going to who are complain weren't going to vote for him anyways. For the most, no. part. I think I think if anything, it would probably actually help him because he has a lot of, uh, like he had, like Roger Stone was one of the one of the people the ri- original people that followed Trump even mm-hmm. through 2016, mm-hmm. and doing that like would definitely help in telling people see i got your back right and i mean i would he lose support i don't know i i think he definitely gain a lot more back i think than i mean i don't know because because if because if pardoning pardoning somebody like that wanes your support of yeah. somebody then i'm not sure you were really supportive to begin with yeah I, I, that's a difficult one. That's a difficult one to gauge, though. Yeah, it is a little difficult. But I think, like I think we said, it's very true. But at the same time, I don't think he's gonna gain a loss of any. I don't think he'd gain pretty much any support from getting Roger out. The only thing no. he would, he might gain, is some influence back. No, no, I don't think that's the case. I think there's a lot of people who are kind of blackpilled on Trump, and once they mm-hmm. see that he's actually gonna go and like try to like help out the people who helped him, because really. You know, that, that's the one thing I want to say about Trump is, like, you know, ever since he got into office, and I know there's reasons for it, but, like, you know, a lot of those, like, a lot of his original supporters, you know, they kind of just been, you know, let go. Like, look at Alex Jones. When was the last time that, you know, like, Trump went on there onto the Alex Jones show back when he was campaigning? He hasn't been back since. Mm. He hasn't said anything about him. You know, he does something like this. You know, pro- that's, like, promises kept. Mm-hmm. That, that'll be that'll definitely like reinvigorate the base to go and actually care about this because then they'll see like hey maybe there's a chance that these like people who you know defend against Antifa like these Proud Boys and stuff like similar cases maybe they might have a shot of you know not rotting in prison for defending themselves maybe people who are Trump supporters won't have to worry about having a constant target on their back. Mm. I guess I I don't know. I mean, the thing, too, is that I, I think, like, okay, I don't understand the Constitution as well as a lot of these, like, legal scars and all that, but I think what the nice thing about pardon is is that it gives you sort of an extra check on the judicial system when there's somebody punished for some 
you know, trivial crime, they're punished insanely. You know, that's where a pardon can be very helpful. I think of Roger Stone, if he... I don't know if pardoning him sooner is better than later. I know that's what Scott Adams said on Twitter. I was checking that when I was on the can. He said, you know, it's smart to do it sooner unless there are other variables at play. Mm. And that's the thing is, I don't know what else is at play here. Because that's the thing. People like to jump on a lot of conclusions on Trump. They're like, why isn't he doing this? Why isn't he doing that? Why is he doing this? Oh, he's given up on his base. Like Ann Coulter is a perfect example of this. Trump does a little something she doesn't like. And she goes, he's got to go. I hope he's impeached. And I'm like, okay, do you have like some insider in the White House that's telling you everything that's going on? Because, I mean, Trump knows he's got to complete his campaign promises. He's got, you know, free support as well he knows that i think and if there's something that doesn't like fit i tend to think it's because there are other factors at play that we just don't know about well well i think part of this is also let it um because the the pardon thing like the trial the trial and the sentencing have to happen Anyway, are, are yes. probably going to happen regardless of if the pardon that is, is made true. or not. Yes, that's true. So the, the Roger Stone still has to have the sentencing still yet before, I guess. And then I guess because because I, I mean, it, it really doesn't matter because he's going to get like he's already been tried. The, the trials already happened. He's already been found, quote, guilty. And um, and then so the sentencing still has to happen too. Uh, I, I, I don't think, I don't think that, yeah, I don't think he'll, well, the good thing longer after the sentencing, yeah. I don't know when the sentencing is going to happen, but I can't imagine it being too long after it because mm-hmm. I mean, well, the good thing for Roger is that Alex Jones has called, you know, publicly or as publicly as he can for Trump to pardon him. Mm-hmm. Roger Stone's daughter was on Fox news telling mm-hmm. them, you know, telling him to mm-hmm. pardon him. Mm-hmm. I think there's going to be enough push and support is going to get Trump's attention. He's going to go, yeah, I'll pardon the guy. Yeah. You know, and I think he was going to anyway yeah. because they've been long friends. And Roger mm-hmm. has been, I'm not going to lie. If there's one man you can say is responsible other than Trump himself, obviously of getting Trump to run or of getting Trump to the presidency. It's Roger Stone. Like it's, I'm sorry, it's not any of his other supporters. I mean, they're obviously helpful and they did a lot of work. I'm not discounting that, but I'm saying if there's one man that really made it happen, that really just and he took it in the chin too. Like, yeah, he's taking it in the chin for Trump. Mm-hmm. Like that's that that to me that's that is about as more deserving of a pardon as anything. Like he took he took it all in the chin. He took one for the team. <laughs> yeah, like. Especially like like a whole bunch of people started wavering, like that was one guy that absolutely kept it together. Um, yeah, I hope he gets pardoned. I just saw something on Twitter, and I want to read it out loud because before we go into any other topics, because this is just totally this is probably the craziest headline of the day of the week of the month. This is a headline. It's a real headline, real article from the Guardian. Mike Cernovich tweeted this out. That's why I saw it. And it reads, Prince Andrew, I didn't have sex with teenagers. I was at home after a pizza party. <laughs> what? 
You want to just confirm all the Pizzagate conspiracy theories? Well, you just did right there. Well, there you go. Yeah, I guess I guess the Pizzagate was true. <laughs> like what the? Oh my God! Is that deliberate? It might be a joke. I, I don't know. Well, they said that in an interview, somebody was interviewing him, asking like, "Did you ever sleep with teenage girls?" I don't know if it was specifically at Epstein's or whatever, but it's obviously in the context of that, at least. They said within 10 seconds, he blinked 10 times, which is a common sign of lying, of course. Man, I, ooh, boy. Yeah, this is like, this is funny, because like, okay, so he's like, um, uh, denies denies having sex with 17-year-old because he was at a Pizza Express <laughs> on the night in question. That is hilarious. <laughs> Look, so you're telling me that it took you all night to eat a slice of pizza. Is that what you're trying to tell me? Hey, no, no, no. He had the whole pie. He had the big pizza. <laughs> hey, what, what, what was his pizza shop? He was, was like, Comet. Like, I know. Yeah, it was right? a Comet like, ping pong. Uh, it's not taking me all night to eat at L&B Spumoni's. I'm telling you that right now. Oh my god. That and then, is funny. That is funny. I know. It's like one of the craziest, funniest headlines I've seen in a long time. And I I definitely see I, I'm just gonna go out on a limb here and, and predict that he was on that pedophile island doing what you would probably guess happens on almost, that island. Almost yeah. I yeah. would be I'm almost willing to bet money on it. Me like, too. Yeah. And uh, and and you know it like he can't he can't go back to the United States he can't do it yeah there's no way there's no way he's gonna be able to come back to the United States because the second he sets foot on American soil it's gonna be like here you go here's your paperwork have a nice day mm-hmm. I don't know I, I'm I'm thinking now that like that he said that I think there's a reason I think there may have been like maybe it wasn't Comet Ping Pong but I think there may have been some sort of there's some sort of like pizza shop involved with this stuff. Like Epstein, like had a secret pizza service, maybe on the island. Yeah, if the island has a pizza <laughs> shop, I will freak out. Is there is there a p is there a pizza express on Pedophile Island? You gotta <laughs> let me know. Or maybe he, it was like a code word or something that they've been using. <laughs> like you know, the pizza shop would be like where they go, like the I don't know, like the, the brothel basically for kids. Which I mean, if you if you understand yeah. internet like lingo, like cheese pizza, that would be like kid stuff. Yeah, uh, that's what that meant in like internet lingo. So like the pizza shop, he's probably like tackedly admitting that he was actually doing that. Yeah, because the thing too about pizza gigs, I'm not gonna lie, I don't know a lot about it. I didn't follow it that closely. I knew bits and pieces of it when it was happening around 2016. I know Alex Jones was talking about it a lot. And even Alex admitted he was wrong on it to some degree. But I remember Epstein was a part of Pizzagate. I remember Paul Joseph Watson making a video about Epstein and a bunch of other quote-unquote pedophiles that rule the world. And I I remember watching it going, what? And I kind of forgot about it, but then when I heard him get arrested, I was like, I remember this thing. I remember the pedophile. I remember the Lolita Express. I think Epstein is just a bigger, a small piece of a bigger pie here that is going to take a long time to unravel, but it's, ooh, is it, it's just, you know, you, everybody loves to rag on conspiracy theorists and say they're wrong all the time, how they're crazy and wacky, but 
I mean, you gotta listen to them at least because you never know. Sometimes, sometimes a, a broken clock is usually right twice a day, right? Yeah. Frog Street has found quite a few interesting things, you know, not even just like that, like the whole, you know, Frogscape thing. That was actually true. The not Bohemian Grove. Uh, yeah, Bohemian Grove. That was another one. Like, I think there's a lot of stuff this guy gets right, but it's just a couple, you know, the times they get things wrong, get some, you know, pretty, pretty really wrong. Yeah. You know? And speaking of Bohemian Grove, if anybody doesn't know what that is, oh, I got a red pill for you tonight. Google Bohemian Grove, go on Wikipedia, read that, and then Google that with Alex Jones, too. There is a picture. Okay, Bohemian Grove is like this. I would call it a um, a, a uh, rich, elitist, fratty summer camp. That's basically what it is. It's this place in california in the redwoods that's very secluded where a bunch of elitists go and we don't know what happens there but they spend a few days or a few weeks or whatever it is there there's some weird freaking plays and there's some weird rituals that happen there and it's a bunch of men around there and maybe some women too that they no 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 not yeah, 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 exactly. I'm not talking about women that are invited yeah. in the traditional yeah. way, but you, you get my drift. And there could also be yeah. some, um, you know, man on man stuff going on too. It's a lot of facilitation. Mm hmm. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I'm not saying this like, an, like yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll keep it loosely. Uh, you get the idea. Yeah. And I'm just saying this based on what people have talked about. And there's also. Uh, this like giant owl statue where they're like this play happens and there's everything has like owl markings on it. Like I said, it's like a it's like a secret society, but it's also like a fraternity type thing. There is a picture that has a bunch of people sitting around a table talking to people. And if I have the names correct, I know Ronald Reagan was there with Henry Kissinger, and I also believe Jimmy Carter was there too. But there's a bunch of presidents and CEOs and other high up people that go there. And Alex Jones snuck in one year. Oh, my God, this man. I mean, you got to say, regardless of what you think about Alex Jones, what he did was pretty pretty gutsy. gutsy. Yeah, to actually go in there, film it, and he got out. Uh, I can't believe nobody recognized him. That's what gets me. I know he was wearing a disguise and all that, but still, it's like I don't think he wore the best disguise ever. But it's it's pretty weird. I'm sorry. It's weird. I don't know what really goes on there. But I bet there are some, you know, deals that happen. Because look, there's a bunch of rich people there that they're going to make some deals or talk about something at least. Like stuff's got to go down there. I don't know what. Bilderberg might be a bigger deal. I don't know. But like these sort of things are, they're, they're creepy. I'll just say that. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if maybe they, maybe they have a piece of shop up over there too. <laughs> It might. <laughs> I wonder if Jeffrey Epstein ever went to that place. I oh he my had. god! He, he probably he's probably there. So the pizza supplier he used to he used a pizza boy. Yeah, <laughs> he was a pizza chef delivery boy. boy. He was chef boy RD up there. <laughs> all the all the fresh um, pizza. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. Uh, let's change gears a bit. Uh, speaking of. Uh, Bad things have happened, I guess. Uh, Miles Garrett, who's a football player, 
Uh, I'll let Phil talk about this one because he knows more about sports than me. I, I just saw the video, but can you give the TLDR on it? Hold on. one Una momenta, por favor. Um, so, uh, this this past Thursday, the uh, the Steelers played the, played the Browns, and there was eight seconds left in the game. Uh, so, Miles Garrett, in a game that's already been over, it, it was 21-7, Browns had, had the game. Uh, long, long, long in hand. Uh, the last play of the game, I guess he sacks, he tries to sack the quarterback, Mason Rudolph, Miles Garrett, and they get into a little scuffle. Then Miles Garrett proceeds to yank the helmet off of Mason Rudolph. And then, uh, the, the, there's a skirmish continues. And then Miles Garrett swings the helmet at Miles Rudolph and hits it. And the side of the and the side of the helmet hits hits him right on the top of the head. And of course, uh now the uh Miles My- Garrett's been uh because of that, Miles Garrett's been suspended for the rest of the season at a minimum. Uh, this was, this was seen and I, uh, after seeing it myself, this is, has to be one of the most brutal plays pretty much in it. I think in NFL history. Yeah. Uh, it's not even really a play at that point. That's just, <laughs> well, no, I mean the play was done, but like, I, I mean, like th- this is probably the most egregious thing I've seen on television on a football field. Like in in my life, and I've watched a ton of football, so uh, yeah. I, and I mean, there's it's like the what for one, the thing was it was really I mean, obviously it was really stupid because look, the game was over, you won, right? The, the, it's over, and then you 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 hit. Then there's a danger element to it too. Like you hit the way, the way he hit him. He hit him with the side of the helmet, which is actually the softer part of the helmet, and thankfully, that's what hit instead. Because if he would have, Miles Garrett is like six 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 or something like that, two hundred and seventy pounds, Chuck Diesel. If he if he threw the crown of the helmet on Mason Rudolph, probably serious damage. I'm thinking his his brain might be uh, mashed potatoes. Especially when you consider Mason Ruoff, he had a he had a concussion a couple of weeks ago, and it was like a really bad one too. Um, and then like, and then you're you Miles Garrett's their best the the Browns' best player really, so you just endangered your team like you 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 risked your team going into the playoffs whatever like I, I mean the Browns are probably aren't going to the playoffs anyway but you risk it like you risk it you know and and it's just like it's tough it's it's just it's just one of those egregious things that you just never want to see and obviously the nfl came down hard Mm -hmm. like that next day on friday they they showed up to work at nine and by 11 they made their ruling like it was they were not met playing games um what you guys did you guys see 
did you guys see the um see the play or see the film or whatever? I just saw the little clip of him, you know, cuz I don't watch football anymore, but I did right. see the clip of him taking the helmet and whacking him over the head cuz it was being spread around everywhere like no matter what, you know, chat room you were in or what you were talking about, somebody shared that at some point. And I saw it somewhere and I saw them trending on Twitter. I was like, "All right, I guess I got to see this." And at first, I didn't see anything happen when they show like the real-time footage because it happened so quickly. When you see that slow motion where he takes the helm off, rips it, and then whacks him over the head, you know, as if he's taking like a baseball bat and just like hitting him over the head. It's like, oh, brutal. I mean, mm-hmm. what did he... It was... Say it again? The guy that was hit, like, did he have any injuries or anything from that? I know it might be a stupid question, but did he? Uh, I, I, he hasn't reported any injuries that i know of yeah. uh but that's something something like that it's like look because you already have like you already had a head injury and and his concussion that he had a couple of weeks ago uh he took a shot to the head and it and he was and he i think he was out like he was out cold he went out to the you know did the whole per- concussion protocol i think he missed the next game after that too and then this on top of that i i this is something that could have i mean it really could have long-term effects to it like and even his and even mason rudolph's agent was like well we're examining other avenues whether it be I, i i guess i'm assuming that like charges or a civil suit would be on the table but um I, I, it's, it's just, it's so, it's so bad. And then you have like, and you know, the NFL's cracking down on like player safety and like a lot of us complain about how it's gotten too, you know, it, it's gotten too weak, but like, you know, they do it for a reason for player safety. Uh, and so obviously like, if you see something like that, like you, the NFL is going to have to crack down. And and furthermore, this was on national news, right? This play was on wasn't just on ESPN, NFL Network. This was on Good Morning America, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Good Morning America didn't even cover the Epstein story, yet they're going to put this on there, right? <laughs> let's put that let, let's keep that in perspective too. Like you you have, like it's it's serious. Um what did you think, Alex? Yeah, so my girlfriend actually was watching the game. Then she, like, stopped watching it because the Steelers were losing pretty bad. Then she ends up sending me the, the video in the morning. And that just seemed, like, this whole thing, it, it just seems ridiculous. Because not, not only that did the guy hit him in the face, but then, like, you saw the other two members of the Steelers team started, like, punching that guy mm-hmm. in the face. It became, like, a whole, like, a, a straight-up brawl. Yeah. What kind of upset me, though, is, like, the two guys on the Steelers who went to go and help their buddy who was being like assaulted, they got I think like what a three game suspension or something. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. What? That's, that's, well, yeah. So, so Mar- yeah, yeah. Here, here. Let's put some more perspective. In so, so the uh, offensive lineman, uh, Marquise Pouncey, he, um, as soon as he, he, as soon as Miles Garrett hit Mason Rudolph on the hel- head with a helmet, Marquise Pouncey went off like he i think uh like he started punching him and kicking him in the head Uh, after that and uh, like yeah so yeah he lost his stuff but i mean and he got three game he got three game suspension 
but you know, around the league, he got a lot of love. Like it was like, like, dude, I'm backing up my quarterback at all costs. Like you, you like, and that's really as an offensive lineman at a very young age, you're taught protect your quarterback at all costs. He mm-hmm. is, he's the king of the castle and he needs to be protected at every cost. And so, yeah, I mean, like people, people around the league were looking at that, like going, I would have done the same thing. He did that to my quarterback. Yeah. We're, we're, we're going at it. And you know, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not mad at, I'm not, I mean, I'm not mad at the lineman, but I'm like, look, I, I just, Oh, I know what you mean. Each it's team, like each team, each team was also fined uh, $250,000 too. Wow. Like, yeah. Why the Steelers being fined for this guy? Like these people just defending themselves from just this guy being a straight up jerk. Like they, they should I think, I think, I think part of it was part of it was they kind of let it happen longer than it was supposed to like this this was it's one of those things where like if a fight breaks out and it breaks out over a long period of time they kind of hold the team responsible just because after a while like if you eventually if you're gonna get scrappy like the the onus is on the play like like somewhat on the players to get your players in order get your players in check and really the coaches are supposed to be doing that as well okay but here's Um, the thing why is it an equal fine for each team when obviously the guy ripping the helmet off is doing more damage here so so the common perception for some people was that mason rudolph might have instigated the situation like he was you know I think he had his hands on lodged in the face mask of Miles Garrett or something like oh. that. Doesn't matter. Doesn't excuse. Yeah, exactly. Did, but I think the fact was it was like both of you, both of you clowns need to knock it the hell off, and you know that's how it went. And and this this isn't done yet. They're saying that more fines are still going to be doled out. Like, oh, jeez. Even even I think Mason Rudolph got a fine too. Like for 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 his little uh, his participation in the uh, yeah. All right. So what what did Rudolph do? What what did that guy do? Well, I think he. They're saying that he uh, he might have said some stuff that might have popped him off, and then oh god, that's and he did, and he didn't exactly back off. Like he didn't really like okay. Like, like he kind of, he was very, uh, in, in his face, which, you know, Hey, things happen, you know, you own it, basically own it. I, I can, I can understand. Like if you're gonna, if you're gonna dole out, like, like miles Garrett got at a minimum the rest of the season, like this could still bleed into next season. Like his is, it could still go into next season. If you're going to dole out that kind of dole out that kind of punishment for him, then, you know, you kind of got to give, you kind of got to give the other guy at least a little something like. Yeah, I, I can understand a little bit, but I think it's not fair to be charging basically equally for different crimes. Well, you know? that's the T the team. And, and that's, Look, they look. It's it's a business. It's a business. They got an image to uphold. They're not, they're not trying. They're not trying to be all about that. 
Yeah, I understand, but still. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying, look, that's how they that's how it, it's operating right now. Yeah. Like, no, it makes sense. Ever ever since ever since the the CTE and the concussion protocol, like ever since that lawsuit happened a while back, like yeah. they've changed, the game has changed completely. I think like, that's look, good in general. Yeah. Like if you get a concussion, you're taken out of the game. Like you have to go out of the yeah, game, yeah. and the medical staff have to clear you before you're at you're even considered back in the game. Well, speaking so, of that, when Mayor Matt Morgan, who is a former WWE wrestler, came mm-hmm. to our training point meeting on Friday or Saturday or, uh, <laughs> on Thursday, <laughs> man, mm-hmm. I'm losing it. He said he got, I believe it was either 21 or 22 concussions from the WWE because mm-hmm. he said. Mm-hmm. You know, people think, oh, WWE is all fake. It's staged, but it's not fake in the sense that when they take those chairs and they whack them over the head, those are real chairs. But he's supposed to do a certain, like, uh, maneuver because he's preparing for it. He'll do a maneuver that supposedly cushions the blow or something like that. But they were doing maneuvers that weren't cushioning the blows that well. Now it's different. But... He was doing a maneuver where they just, you know, they gave him a concussion regardless. And it's pretty brutal to have that many concussions. That's just, God, your brain's got to be, I'm sorry, like, that's not good. You know, people sort of like, I remember when I was a kid, when I'd hear somebody got a concussion, I'd be like, oh my God, concussion? Now it's just like everybody gets concussions all the time. I know it's a bit yeah. hyperbolic, but you get my point, which is like, we're, we're downplaying something so damaging to your brain, to your head. It's well, that's not good. I mean, I mean, if you're really going to talk about the WWE wellness program, I mean, you, you I mean, it's it's a joke. Honestly, it's a joke. It's what a what joke. is that? I'm sorry, I know nothing so, about WWE. So WWE, okay. So in lieu of, so a couple years back, and probably probably a little bit more than a couple years back, the um, the the WWE created the well their wellness center after like all the. After all these, um, all these wrestlers started dying of like you know, you know, roids and like painkiller addictions, and yeah, drug addictions, and uh, there's like you know, people were getting you know, the wrestlers were getting CTE or whatever. So they created this wellness thing, wellness uh, thing to wellness program to like test at test wrestlers like drug test wrestlers and you know evaluate them for concussions and stuff like that but it's like not it's not really serious like my one of my uh one of my friends he uh he used to do he he was a i think he's still doing it though like at not at a big level but he was with uh he was at the WWE Performance Center in Florida, and he was he did a he did some stints with like Ohio Valley Wrestling, whatever. He's like, dude, I got, uh, he got he's like, dude, I got, I got concussions like at least twice a month, and and the only thing they really did was they gave me some smelling salts. They checked my eyes. They're like, get get back out there. <laughs> like, wow, um, yeah, and and it's like. And and it's like they don't. The only people that they really protect are like the big names, like the really big names, like you, like like the Rock or Brock Lesnar or something like that. 
you know, they'll take care of those guys, the ones that are making millions and millions of dollars. Of course. Bringing it. Yeah. And then the smaller ones, they'll like, like if you see somebody getting kicked out because of a, a drug test failure or whatever, it'll be like, oh, we released we released so-and-so and and it was like a small time wrestler like Roman Roman Reigns failed the, uh, the drug and alcohol thing. Like he, he failed, he failed a wellness test and they didn't do anything. They really didn't do anything to him. They, they're like, Oh, you, it's like a week suspension or whatever, which might've actually been a vacation for the guy. But like, it's a different it's not a clear it's not a clear standard the standards are absolutely different it's it's weak it's very like it, it's a, i don't know well according to CYA. according to matt morgan he said and he made it clear like he doesn't work for wwe anymore but he said that they've really cleaned up recently like a lot of it's yeah, gone yeah yeah i mean it, they compare okay so compared to where they were back in the 90s They've cleaned up, but that's not like, you know, I wouldn't call that a moral victory or anything <laughs> like that. It's progress. I mean, that depends on what you define as progress. <laughs> yes, on that. That was in the 90s. It's an upgrade. It's an upgrade from uh, having, a, having a Chris Benoit, yeah, but like, you know. Well, how about yeah, bad yeah. was it back in the day? Right. Well, you, you remember the Chris Benoit story, right? No, I know nothing okay. about WWE. Ah, Chris Benoit. Okay, so yeah, so Chris Benoit was a big wrestler. Uh, uh, he took a lot of steroids. Like uh, I'm telling you, he had. He was like 40 years old. He had the body of like he was like he was in his 20s. You could tell the dude was doing roids, and he had veins everywhere. Or whatever. Oh, okay, got it. Um, one night. Uh, he decided to, uh, I think he killed his wife, his son, and then himself. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He mentioned that. Yeah. Matt Morgan did mention that. Yeah, he killed yeah. his family, then killed himself, basically. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think that, that was part, I think that was part of what, where the wellness program, if you want to call it that, happened. But, yeah, it's... It was created to keep people. It was created to keep people from suing them, right? That was like, here we created something. Don't sue us. I was about to say it's not more like a legal thing than an actual, like something that, that's legal on pure paper. legal, pure legal, not actually useful. It's it's like the real world fuel economy on like these cars. It's like, oh yeah, you'll get like forty miles per gallon out of this, and you get like twenty. Put this in perspective. Uh, Brock Lesnar, right? What? Um, he tried to fight like he tried to, to fight in UFC and then fight in the WWE at the same time. He, he peed hot for the UFC, but failed nothing on the WWE. <laughs> right. Like how, how do you, how does that happen? Right. Mm. You can tell it's a joke. It's a joke. What was the name of the guy that you said, um, Oh wait, I think I found his name. Chris Benoit. That's his name. Chris Benoit. Yeah, that's what. That's how it's spelled. But it's Chris Benoit. Okay. Because I was just, I, I, I get. It's probably not this, because I'm seeing it's in different locations. But where I'm from, there was some wrestler that like killed a bunch of people or something. I forget what it was, and that was a big deal in my area. I, I forget who it was or what they did, but it's in that sort of 
near Westchester kind of area. But yeah, WWE is something that's I, I I don't think tell me if I'm wrong. I know it's still a big deal, but I don't think it's as big a deal as it used to be. Am I wrong? No, it, it's it's pretty big. Yeah. It's pretty big. It's a billion it's a it's a billion dollar company. Mm. Yeah. I, I've never I've just never understood, I'm not gonna lie. I, I never got into it, never really liked it. But it was interesting having Matt Morgan come talk about because this is something they never told me when they were saying he was going to come here. He was addicted to opioids. They never told me that part, <laughs> but he told us that, and I was like, "Wow!" And he, you know, recovered from it, and so he's been explaining to people how bad the stuff is and if, trying if you, to help. You could Google a lot. Like you can Google like the amount of the the amount of wrestlers that have died mm. via steroid or drug usage yeah. you know it, it baffle you like like mm. if like if you watched and i i used to watch it i used to watch it kind of a little bit as a little kid and seeing that like what the ultimate warrior died of a heart attack at like age like in his 50s or something like that i'm like that's nuts wow yeah, yeah. well We'll transition over to the Groiper War. How about that? Another sort of um, match that's happening. A uh, Something that's kind of concluded now, though. The Groiper War sort of started, as you all know, with a bunch of people coming up to these turning point events with Charlie Kirk, growing him with questions. He didn't like them. And it kind of started when they stopped, when they blocked Nick Fuentes, who's the sort of leaders Groiper movement from coming into one of the events with Charlie. And it's sort of, you know, culminates to what it is now where they're just going in with these touchy questions about touchy issues related to Israel, uh, racial issues and stuff like that. And Charlie uh, has been having trouble with these people recently. And, Nick Fuentes has been bragging about how they've been winning every stop. But when Charlie went to North Carolina, even Nick Fuentes admitted that he that the Groypers lost, that Charlie won that night. Because Charlie came prepared, and he did something which, I don't know if I said on the show, but you know, it's the best way to deal with these people, which is you answer their questions, which he wasn't doing before, and that sort of gave them energy and ammo and legitimacy, and then go on offense you know, go after them or ask them questions or do something. That's what he did. And he even got a guy, um, as you mentioned, Identity Europa, and he even got a guy that came up that supported Identity Europa and just grilled into him. And I th- I think he had a, what was that? Houston, yeah, Houston, he had a Prove Me Wrong table, which was like changed my mind, but like re, you know, um, packaged. And he did that. And he actually pulled up a clip of Fuentes saying Trump's not a serious candidate and a bunch of other things after it took like his TV like 20 minutes to work to uh, show people that Fuentes is really the fraud here. That was what his point basically was, or wasn't a true Trump support, or whatever you want to say. And the whole crowd there was, I think, all groypers for the most part. And so they booed him, and they basically, he was walking out of the place, and they were booing him, and he, it was not a good look. And... It's. I think this is the end of it now because Charlie's tour is done, at least for the semester. I don't know if he's got one in the spring. I know he did one in the spring when he came here, of course, so we'll see. But 
boy, that was uh, that was a rough past few weeks. All right. To to be fair, when Trump was like when he first announced he was running and stuff, I don't think a lot of people really thought that he was a serious candidate. Like I took him seriously from day one. Like, like honestly, like I I honestly didn't think he was going to win on election night. Like I was pleasantly surprised when he did, and I was very happy that he did. But still, it's just like you know. Well, like, Fuentes also said that Trump was being an opportunist. I think which. I think was ridiculous. I mean, here's the irony, though, is that Charlie Kirk wasn't even a Trump supporter from day one. I believe he supported Rubio and Cruz. I could be wrong on that. Somebody should fact check me, but I think there's a tweet floating around saying that that'd be like a dream ticket or something. Could be wrong. Could be wrong, but I, that's what I've heard. But I was personally a Trump supporter from literally day one when he came down that escalator. And I, I don't get when people say like oh so and so is not a serious candidate it's like why in trump's case you come up a bunch of other reasons why he'd be running but he's throwing his hand to this big race he's putting all his money into it he's got all these big names that he's hired he was doing it for real he really was and obviously he's in the white house now but you could say somebody doing it for like cabinet positions, but Trump's not in it for that. So I, I didn't get the whole he's not a serious candidate argument. And I'm not saying that in hindsight. Like at the time, I thought he was for real. I just didn't think he'd last long. But then when I saw the, saw the momentum that he was gaining, because I, I didn't think that many people believed in, because I believed in pretty much everything he believed. And I was like, yeah, this guy's nailing it. I didn't think that many people were ready for that kind of candidate. And they didn't all believe that, but turns out they did. And here we are. To, to be fair, though, like, you know, he's said that he'd run, like, several times beforehand. They never actually did. But this he did do it this time. time. Yeah. Yeah, he did. And, like, I, like there was a lot. Like, honestly, I don't even think that he thought he was going to win. I've heard stories that, like, he was actually surprised, like, the, the day that he actually won. Like, Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've heard conflicting stories on that, to be honest. But I think, though... And we said before we talked about his great for stuff in the beginning, but I think personally the damage has already been done, you know, that Fuentes wanted done. I think Fuentes is probably going to have a little bit of a falling after this, but I think he's going to peter off. I don't think he's going to have much relevancy, much, you know, he might have a few things he might do that will become relevant, but I don't think he have much relevant. This will probably be his peak. Uh, I just don't. I don't know what the state turning point will be in, let's say, a year or two. Because there's a bunch of other chapter presidents resigning. I don't know how it's going to end. I don't know. I don't think this is going to be the last that you hear of uh, Nick Fuentes. I think, you know, just the fact that this, like, basically a nobody on the internet was able to go and challenge one of the most, like, growing right-wing organizations on college campuses today, you know, that... I think there's going to be more. I, I honestly do. You know, I'm not saying it's a good thing. I just think that there's going to be more of him. I don't think he's yeah. just going to peter off after this because, you know, you like he's this is like the first time that he's lost or not. It wasn't even really him. It was his supporters. Well, and here's so the I, thing. When I say he's going to peter off, I think, you know, see, it depends on the political climate goes. If the left keeps going further left, there's going to be a fraction of the right that keeps going further right. I don't think that's going to be most of the right. And what the thing still is that all the stuff these groupers are talking about believing in, it's never going to become mainstream. For example, the Israel stuff. You could say 
gee, maybe we should pull back some aid from Israel. Maybe we should, you know, maybe this is a bit hypocritical. But as Mike Sermich pointed out, overwhelming numbers of evangelicals and other Republicans support Israel. You're not going to get them anti-Israel. Ever. I don't know about. I don't think most people really care about Israel one way or the other. I think most people don't care. I agree, but I think the evangelical vote is a huge um, and significant percentage of votes that Republicans need to get every election cycle. For example, Trump brought Pence on literally just to get the evangelical vote, and well, he did. Yeah, like it's you know it's a big portion, but it's also a dying portion. Like, just look at the amount of like super religious people in general in the United States. It's it's gone down. Like, I think it's I think it's like going down. If anything, it is. But I I think Christianity will be making a comeback, and I still don't think the number of atheists or non-believers is enough. No, I no. It depends on look. It depends where you are. I think we're. I think we're a little uh, like I think we're a little out of touch here on the evangelical vote. When you go to the like when you go to like the South, when you go to the South and some of those states, I've been there. I've been to Texas and Georgia and like it's, it's very real. religious. It's real. It's yeah. real. Um, that 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 Jesus guy, he's pretty. He's a big deal down there. And uh, and in a lot of the, the, in Pennsylvania too. Like you go outside. Look in Lang and uh, some outside Lancaster County, you see a lot of. Tr- I see a lot of Trump posters. Yeah, starting well, to see yeah, them, I'm starting to see them pop up again. I, I like, <laughs> beautiful sights. Well, no, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying the evangelical Christian. You know, there's more than just evangelical Christian. The whole Christian right. denominations. You know, you get your Catholics. You have your uh, right. You know, but just, don't all evangelicals overwhelmingly support Israel? Yeah. I don't, yeah, uh, I mean they probably yeah. do, but like I because yeah. Israel, Israel to them it's is a the holy, holy land. land. Exactly, it's the holy land. Yeah, like that 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 is how they view it. Like the the Christians here, they view they view Israel as the holy land. And when 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 Trump, for example, when Trump put the embassy in Jerusalem. Like boy, that was a big one. That was a big one for the evangelical. They clap like yeah. You go to a church, you go to a church. They have they, a lot of them applauded that. Like that's mm. a big, that's a big thing for that. Like and this is, and well, that's why I'm saying I think get it twisted that they are they are. There's a lot of them, and yeah. they're in full full swing. Well, that's what I'm saying. That I think the average Joe that is non-religious doesn't care much about Israel, but I think the evangelical group cares way more about it. Mm-hmm. Is it their number one issue? No, but it's it's definitely an emotional issue. It's tied to their faith, and that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. and that's why I'm saying this Groyper thing is never going to become mainstream. It never will be unless Christianity and evangelicals disappear in this country. Which- no, it's not, it's not Christianity as a whole, because look, even uh, Nick Fuentes, he's Catholic. Catholics are not nearly as uh, super gung ho about Israel as evangelicals are. Like, you know, I'm sure like a lot of them support Israel, but it's not like tied to their faith the same way that like, you know, they they probably more support the Vatican than uh, Israel. Fair, but like I said, I still think Nick Fuentes does not represent 
not only most of the country, but most of the right. He doesn't represent it. Oh, no, I'm not it. saying he does, but I'm saying that Israel, it's like the support of Israel isn't like a super, you know, important issue. Like, super no, like, I agree. Oh, like, that list is like the end-all, be-all. Like, what I'm mean? saying is, it's kind of like an evangelical will assume Republicans support Israel. If they saw, let's say, Trump just say, screw Israel, I'm anti-Israel, do you think they'd be excited to vote for Trump? No. That's but what I'm saying. But they, have, but they have other issues too. But do, but do they prioritize those issues over that? And would Israel be I, a deal breaker? I don't think it would. Be I a, think it would. I think it would. I think it'd provide enough a sting. I enough think of a sting. Like it's yeah. not that big of an issue. But if he did some something like that, like that would be serious enough to go. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Well, I don't think so because the left they don't care about Israel either. So I mean, it would just be kind of a movie. yeah. But the left they is don't even the left. The left, like this is, the, like they don't care about Israel one way or the other. The right, absolutely. Like it's a, it, a, a in a lot of cases that's a it's a pretty big deal. Yeah, I agree, absolutely. Phil. Like, yeah, and and there's you know with 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 Israel, it's like there's there's always been a relationship with the United States. Like even since World War II, it's always been like a it's always been a relationship. And there's a lot of like military technology, and there's a lot of you know just just a lot of stuff. Oil crisis and lava involvement in the Middle East. <laughs> it is. I mean, look, yeah, it, it's good for good or for bad. It's a relationship, yeah, and we're, yeah, and, and it's not going to change just because you know some groipers are are, are going to complain. It's like it doesn't really hold water, like in the overall scheme of things. Well, and the other things the groipers keep talking about is, um, God, slipped my mind. Crap. Oh yeah, the gay stuff. They keep bringing up, and look, there's a point to this, but it looks bad. I think when they say stuff like. How has anal sex, as one guy said, um, helped the conservative movement or help us win the culture war? How has legalizing gay marriage helped us win the culture war, helped conservative movement, stuff like that? I get their point there, which is like, you know, these are victories for the left. But if conservatives start being anti-gay again and start bashing gay marriage, it's a very unpopular stance and it looks bad and we're taking steps backwards. I don't get this idea that we need to start going, hey, we shouldn't have gays in the conservative movement, even though they're helping us and they're effective. And one of our most influential voices, Milo Yiannopoulos, is a gay man, and we should just get rid of him. I mean, mm -hmm. that's, that's stupid to me. I, I just think it's so stupid. I get their point, And look, there is a discussion to be had there, which is, you know, maybe this is not helping our movement, but maybe it could. Maybe well, it could. No, I mean, well, I think, I think it's, I think there's a little bit of a, uh, there, there, there are some focal points. Like you don't have to be religious to be about freedom yeah. or the constitution yeah. or, you know, you know, the constitution or like, it, or, you know, the second amendment, you know, you, you, or capitalism, like you don't have to, you know, you can be anything you want to be and still support that. Like it, that doesn't like, I think freedom is probably the big thing and this is what if if charlie kirk would have said that right out of the gate we probably wouldn't 
this probably wouldn't have blown up the way it did. Yeah, exactly. What, what Charlie Kirk did was he kind of sidestepped the issue yeah. instead of tackling it head on. That's where he messed up on. But he it looked like he tackled it this last event that he was at. Like, and so good for him. But yeah, but but when you when you sidestep something or you just don't uh, or you just ban a Q&A, that's the, 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 it does the polar opposite effect of what you're trying to achieve. Yeah. And like that's and especially when you're a group that um, that champions free speech, that champions the exchange of ideas. Yeah, and I think it's it's very, you know, that was the thing that liberals always had a easy way to bash the rounds that they were anti-gay, you know, anti-gay marriage. And it's something, look, I can understand the argument that marriage, you know, should be between a man and a woman. I get that argument. I also get the argument that it shouldn't be the government's decision. It -hmm. should be up to the individuals. Like if two guys want to get married, fine. I think you could still have gay marriage without, you know, in a way, um, fundamentally changing concept of marriage. I know people would say, well, it literally does that, but I still think with the vast majority of marriages being between a man and a woman, that's still what people for think now. of as marriage <laughs> for now. I, I think for now, but then, you know, like, think about like marriage has a huge tax break. What's up? And like, you know, if you're married and you're going to college, you know, pro tip people over here don't, you know, this is, I'm not telling you to do this, but if you're married and you're applying on FAFSA, like, you know, normally when you go to apply for FAFSA, you need like your parents like to sign off on it. And then like your financial aids based off of your parents, unless you're like over 24 or have a kid or something. If you're married, you also don't have to go and use your parents for that. So if you really wanted to, you go and just like, be like, Hey buddy, I see that you're a COD student, you know, I'm a COD student, you know, let's get married and then we'll pay less on taxes and pay less on the FAFSA. You know, there's no real check to that. Like with a woman, you know, they'd be less likely to do that. Now, I mean, it, it happens, yes, but you, know, you ever see the movie I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that, that sort of thing I could see happening more in the future as people as a stigma sort of goes down they're like oh well, let's just go and do this well they do that in the they, they do that in the military too like when you get in the military when you join the military you're put in barracks and like the the only exception is if you're married and then you go into spat like you go on on post or off post housing which is like way less intrusive so so you have some people that get married just to avoid going into the barracks hmm. so yeah yeah, a little fun fact for you. Anyway, yeah, yeah. There, there's a lot of things that people could go and do to kind of abuse that system. And then, like you know, you kind of have to consider why does the government provide benefits for people who are married? Well, it's encouraging them to have kids, right? Yeah, it's encouraging them to have kids, and in general, like people who are married tend to live. You know, like yeah, it's basically to have kids because if a kid grows up in a single parent household, statistically. That's uh, not a really good thing to have happen. Well, you're still yeah. gonna have you're still gonna encourage heterosexual couples to have kids. Like that doesn't change. So I don't see what the harm is. Well, no, that's like the whole benefit of it, though. Well, it's you still know, a like, benefit. A benefit doesn't change. 
Well, yeah, but if everyone could go and do it, like, you know, it's there's less of an incentive to that. What's stopping just, like, two straight people from getting gay married? Well, because they're straight. <laughs> well, yeah, but they could, like, there was, a, there was a case, too, where I think there was some, some of these guys in Australia who were, like, it was, some, it was either Australia or, like, Europe or something. I forget what country it was in Europe or Australia, but... um. These guys were like they they run to a competition. It was like for uh, the like a bromance or something. Like what's the most like coolest thing you could do? And then they had like a fake like bro marriage, and they just did that for you know lollies and jollies. Yeah. Well, I you don't know, think that's gonna much. happen that much. Yeah. I, th- I think it could. Maybe. I think it could. Then what's gonna happen is they're it. gonna start cracking down on this and being like hey wait a second there's all these like gay married people out here let's go and like reduce the benefits for being married which will in turn reduce the amount of people who do get married at the end of the day once you start like once you stop giving incentives to it i think it i i think if you if you marry like if you go into a gay marriage for the benefits how is that not like offensive? Mm, that's, that, that's not isn't true that marriage. like a truly offensive thing? Like yeah. we're seeing all this. Oh, I'm offended because somebody says something that they don't like or whatever that goes like I, I I'm like, wait, people are getting married. Uh, uh, same sex people are getting married for benefits. Are you kidding me? How is that not offend? Like you're using something you're abusing something that's like meant to be for somebody else and you're using it to, for, for benefits. Hmm. How's that not offensive? Well, yeah. Last thing I'll say on this is that I, I think we need to remember that when Trump, who's the most pro gay president ever and the only president to come into office, pro gay marriage, um, he got a standing ovation at the RNC by everyone when he said that we should protect or LGBTQ citizens, basically from radical Islam is what the theme of that was. But because it was out after the Orlando shooting, you know, it was like a few months ago, I think, before that. Like the Republican Party has evolved so much from a few years ago. And Fuentes and all his gang want to pull it back. We got Trump in. You have to consider, you know, what does conservatism mean? You're conserving something. It's not all about economic, you know, conservatism. That's true. There is a so, there is a social aspect, and what you know, the sort of Groyper movement's basically kind of getting at is that, like, the social aspect, social conservatives are almost alienated from the modern conservative uh, Republican Party movement. I think that's yeah, I know, but you're not going to win that argument by saying, "Hey, we shouldn't be pro-gay anymore." That that's not going to win you any arguments for that. I would say you could bring back you the the best you know angle you can take on it. I know you're going to say this goes against what I just said, but they should be more. um, They should try to make Christianity cool again or cool for the first time ever. You know. Well, you well that's kind of I don't know that's kind of weird. But I was like, well, how so? so? My thing was see, but that here's my thing. Let me let me just let me just say say something and then I'll I'll get back to you. Okay. Um, I in my opinion, I always felt like like because everybody because you you have people saying you um you know like marriage should be for everybody and then you have like conservatives that are like no no uh marriage should be between a man and a woman or whatever i was always like well you know what they should just they should just 
take the name marriage out of the civil union. I would call them all civil unions. Like as far as the government sees, it's a civil union. Whether it's man, 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 woman, 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 doesn't matter. It should be considered as a civil union as far as the government's concerned. And then if you want to name it a marriage, that's your deal. Or if you want to call it whatever term you want to call it, then that's your business. But the government should see it as a civil union. That's that that was my personal thing. Like that's what that's what I felt should have happened. But um wait a minute, what 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 did you want to what did you want me to answer? Um you said it was weird and I said that social conservatism should be more about making Christianity cool or a reformed version of Christianity, something like that. I think that's what they should be focusing on. Well, I mean well, not all depends on what you mean by cool. I, I don't know. Mormons out there too. Yeah. Well, like I said, I don't think. Like I said, for example, you gotta get the anti-gay stuff out of it. I don't know how you do that. I'm just saying it would improve the image of Christianity, make it more welcoming you know to you younger people. Well, how is you that? You remove verses. You remove verses from the Bible. That's kind of <laughs> yeah. not. Cool. Well, or you just reinterpret it. <laughs> no, you, no, it's pretty clear in there. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but I mean. But I mean it's, it's, but how come some Christians are okay with homosexual couples? Because they just ignore the Bible. Well, no, they're they're because you're told to love everybody. Like that's that's ultimately like even though I disagree with you, I'm still gonna love you. That's the whole. They teach that in the Bible. Like mm -hmm. that's you know, like yeah, you're yeah. Maybe I think you're wrong. Maybe you're going to hell. Maybe eternal damnation is in your future. But I'm still gonna love you anyway. Mm, okay. Right. That's that's one of the uh, things that the Bible preaches. Yeah, I don't know how some of these like non, you know, these like weird denominations are like actually performing like gay marriages. So that that kind of that doesn't make sense to me. Like how a church could do that. Like I mean, I guess if you're like a non-church, you're like the you know one of those like Unitarians that you know that they can do that because they they're not christian but mm -hmm. i don't see how that makes sense when you look at the bible and they're they're pretty they're pretty clear on that i mean i'm catholic so i mean i have a different view of these things but you know it i've read i've read at least uh, you know a bit of the bible I read the whole thing front to back but speaking of the thing we were just talking about pete Buttigieg in a headline on cnn Surge is the first place in Iowa, new polls show. Uh, that means absolutely nothing because Iowa is also where Ted Cruz won and many other candidates that never became president. I still don't get what the fixation with Iowa is. But that happened. And I think the last thing we should talk about is YouTube changing its terms of services. Uh, this, I got an email about this. Everybody else has a YouTube account, probably did too, and raised their eyebrows a bit. They have a new line in terms of services that says, quote, YouTube is under no obligation to host or serve content, unquote. Now, why are people concerned about this? Well, it's because it's the most open way of saying we can take your content down or not even have you on for whatever reason we want, it doesn't matter. You know, like they could just take it off and then they would cite this as like their violation. What do you guys think? 
Yeah, I think I brought I think I brought something like that up last week about like they had that portion and another portion of it that said if something's not commercially viable, we have we reserve the right to go and like uh, terminate your service or something. Yeah, it might have been something like that. I wonder. I wonder because because the new terms of service are effective December tenth. I think it is. So that would mean um, there's a good chance that our YouTube channel might be pulled on December 11th. I'm just saying, just throwing that out there. Yeah, after we gain all these subs, we're at, what, 172. They just take it away. Never get back again. It's no. People don't realize the significance of that, especially when you're a big guy like Alex Jones, who at one point had more subscribers than CNN. They just mm-hmm. took them off. Gone. Nothing. I mean, it's it's a big deal. And I I think, like I said many times on the show, I think government's going to have to come in and do something because it's going to get out of hand because YouTube's the only platform for videos. Now people can say, oh, what Whoa. about VidMe or what about Vimeo or what about BitChute? Nobody goes on those platforms except well, here, people in our circles. So, 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 so BitChute's gaining... Bit shoots gaining, and the big one for me, the big one would be Twitch. Like if Twitch starts getting, Twitch no. is starting to gain. No, too. it's only and for live Twitch streaming. Right? Yeah, but but I mean, I'm saying, uh, they're they're starting to grow their platform. Like, and they're like, but like they're, they're owned by they Amazon. Platform. Remember that they're owned by Amazon. But yeah, YouTube's owned by Google, and and I would venture to say that that probably that. That would probably be as much promising as anything because they have the infrastructure to take on something like a YouTube, uh, yeah, and and they want to service is even worse than YouTube's. And it's just one big tech company for another. Like they're no different. It's, it's different. Like okay, so, uh, and this is what this is what I'm saying. Like eventually, like well, well, I mean, eventually. Uh, Things, things, things would have. Things are going to have to change anyway, just because YouTube's just going to be booting people off anyway. Um, but, um, but yeah, the they don't make. They're not. They're changing their model completely. They're taking away the. They're taking away pretty much every independent creator. Like pretty much everybody that isn't like gaming. But I mean, gaming. They're they're going to Twitch. Gamers are going to Twitch. Um, makeup. I mean, I guess you get makeup or you <laughs> like some review sites or something like that. But even then, that's like you have to be a certain size already. Because if you're smaller, pretty sure that the big corporate people that are whispering to YouTube aren't aren't gonna aren't gonna like it all that much. And YouTube has made they've made partnerships with all pretty much all the big tech or not big tech but big corporate like media outlets you know this isn't just yeah and so so you have the news right news sites right smaller news are going to get wiped off the face of the earth uh because you're not gonna you're not gonna do an uh, you're not gonna do a partnership with nbc universal and then have have these smaller guys taking taking them on it's not no they'll they'll say you nbc will probably have somebody going get rid of these guys look this is like this is like um steven crowder you you remember steven crowder he had a whole bunch of people he had he had uh the, you know his music videos that were parody 
and in no way uh, copyright infringing, like from a legal perspective, but from a YouTube perspective, they went at like Warner Brothers went after them because, you know, they do that now. Like, yeah, they do that now. This is big. This is big corporate whispering in YouTube's ear. Mm -hmm. No, take take this dude out. And like, okay, all right. Well, I, I I do. That's one thing I have noticed. It's very true about YouTube. Is they they don't care about the little guy, the content creator, the you know the the grassroots of YouTube anymore. It's mm -hmm. all about the big corporate people. Like just look at the trending list. Like Stephen Crowder, I've hit videos. All these other people have hit videos, but it's always Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy yeah. Fallon, Chank yeah. on his iPhone, number one. Oh, speaking of Chank, he's running for Congress uh, in one of California's districts. Yeah, who cares? It's California. <laughs> yeah, Mike Cernovich. I could care less. I could care less about California. I'm sorry. Mike Cernovich might run against him though. So I mean, yeah, that, I mean that'd be fun to watch. But no, he like no, I. I I have I don't like California. I was born there and I don't like it. No, I understand. But at the same time, like what I'm saying of YouTube is that they keep just <clears throat> you know hurting the little guy, which is hurting their their um reputation away. But at the same time, the catch twenty two is yeah, YouTube's hurting us, but where else are we gonna go? Because look, our bitchu channel does nowhere's near as good compared to our YouTube channel. Nowhere's near as good. And it's not going to, because everyone's on YouTube. Everyone knows YouTube is where you go for videos. Mm -hmm. Your average Joe is not going to search out for BitChute. Only your like super loyal fans will do that. Yeah, I mean, but it's going to have to. It's going to have to change. It's not. It's not. It's not. Will it change? It, it has to because they're getting rid of you one way or the other. So it's like you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. You're, you're going to wait. Are you going to, are you on a, like, if you're going to wait for Congress to do something, that's kind of not smart. I mean, well, yeah, but here's the thing. Like people like, let's say Gavin McGinnis and Milo, they're now behind paywalls. Alex Jones is off. You know, he's on his website. What happens when they take his website away? What's he going to do? They tried. He's still up. Like, no, for now, he, he had to, for now, he had to, well, no, he, well, no, he that they're not going to be they're not going to be able to now because he's made it into he's made it the most self-reliant website. He used to be like but they 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 screwed with him. Uh, and here's the thing and here's the thing like okay, so they screwed with him as much as they possibly could, but he adapted, right? He adapted and like even Microsoft, like Microsoft, they were like they they bumped him off. And what did he do? He moved his stuff onto something else. That's right? true. And he made his stuff right. So the, like he, they what they did, I mean, really, what they did was actually because because Alex Jones's followers are not going away. They're 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 well, gonna be there. His loyal base is not going away. He's got a lot of but loyal base. I bet he doesn't have as much viewers as he used to. They, I mean, that depends on. Well, yeah, I mean, the my guess is, yeah, you, he might not have like the views, views that he used to have. But yeah, the, the yeah the the loyal listeners, yeah, they're they're not going. And he's got a lot of them. Yeah, I, I still think it's still it hurts these people. He had like <coughs> look, 
when it when his app went up on Apple, he had like five million downloads. Like, come on. He's, yeah, but you can't get the app he's now. Doing fan, he's doing fantastic. And he moved his stuff to what, what was it? There's one the the band video or something like that. He he found a way to circumvent it, right? All you do is go to band video, put it up on the put it up on your iPhone, and it's a, like it's just it's pretty much the same thing, right? Like he's found a way. Alex Jones, I, I I give him look. I don't agree with him on everything, and I think he he's got a lot of cr- crazy stuff going on in some of what with some of what he says. But I'll tell you what, boy, his team are intelligent. I, no, I'm he does have you, smart the crew. Way, he the way that he's been attacked and the way he's just been able to adapt and like I'm just like wow. What That's do you think? Incredible. What do you think of this, Alex? Um. No, I wasn't really paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> you busy runescaping? Nah, I'll just kind of let you guys rant for a little bit. But, um, yeah, shoot, what were you guys talking about? Well, basically, my argument was that, you know, government's going to have to step in because, you know, a lot of these platforms, especially like YouTube, that's where people go. Your average Joe's going to search out on these, like, weird, obscure websites for, like, Alex Jones stuff. His loyal people will, but... The average Joe won't, and so his views are going to get hit. You know, he's going to hurt. He's not going to get the same views as he normally does. And he's, I don't want to say he's going to become irrelevant, but he's more pushed into a corner. And Phil's saying that, like, well, they sort of find a way around it, and his loyal base is still going to follow him. That's kind of yeah, what matters. I, I, I do think that at some point the government's going to have to be involved because they are colluding actively to uh, remove certain people from platforms. Like with like what you mentioned earlier with Alex Jones, like he's especially been um, there's been you know possibly monop- like semi monopolistic practices done by Twitter, mm-hmm. YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, all these different services, and they're all within like a hundred square miles of each other in California. That's where all these well for the most part where they're all kind of hosted, and you know like that that these. I'm surprised like no one's trying to take him to court over because like Alex Jones was removed within mm. seven days from all these platforms, including on LinkedIn. Yeah, which that's just really egregious. Like he didn't even post any content there really, but they they kicked him off of there. So I mean, and the other you know, thing to keep in mind too is that yeah, his loyal listeners are going to follow him, but his influence is what gets killed by the censorship, and these people know that mm. because. You'll see an Alex Jones tweet or an Alex Jones video that you normally wouldn't see if it wasn't becoming, you know, popular. People were sharing it. You know, it it kills that sort of effect, the ripple effect. Yeah, it it does make things very difficult. But I think at some point, you know, some some people are are just going to, like, probably stop using the Internet. And then they're going to end up, like, creating this whole other, like, network almost to go around it. And at that point, people are going to be really freaking out mm. because these people, they won't, you know, they'll let anything go over there. You know, they, they're creating this monster right now. And it's going to, you know, probably the next like 10 years, really bite them in the butt. When you have all these like people using these like dark web sort of technologies to go and like circumvent every sort of like normie internet. And that's probably what's going to happen. I, I think personally, like, you know, whether or not these people do, uh, like, if Congress does pass something, I doubt it's going to be effective. Like, 
But if they do end up passing something, you know, it's not going to do anything. And they're probably going to still just f- like frequent these uh, dark webs or like peer-to-peer networks or something. And I have a feeling it's going to have some interesting effects on the normies. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with more Real News.